Yo, BJ Ghidorah with the Weekly BJ Podcast, and today's episode is 10 lessons from 20 years of cheat meals. 20 years. I'm now at the age where things happened 20 years ago, and it was almost another lifetime. So I have experience in this. It's rare expertise. Like, I never thought going into, you know, my professional career that I'd become an expert at binge eating, but I am. So let me share how I do it with you. You just heard the cold open to my new hit song, Corner Peace. And it is going to be on my album, Love Songs About Food. Corner Peace in particular, I'm singing about, it's a recent cheat meal. The Chantilly Cream Vanilla Bean. Chantilly Cream Vanilla Bean. Sheet cake from Trader Joe's. Now, some of you are like, what's a corner piece? Because you're, you're, you're not a fat fuck like me. <laughs> it's that delicate edge, as my brother says. My little brother, Ben, calls it the delicate edge. And technically, there are four corner pieces in any sheet cake. Now, another friend of mine, Jason Boone, we've had him on this podcast. And he told me something quite brilliant. Cut it all the way horizontally, cut it all the way vertically in half, and now there are only four pieces, and they're all corner pieces. I love to hold the edge, that corner in my hand, to bite the inside. I mean, it's just, it's an experience, and I sing about things I love, and that's why food becomes a frequent inspiration for me, my muse, if you will. My, my cheat meals are my muses, muses. So, <laughs> hope you enjoyed that song. I got a ton of songs about food. And uh, I am thinking about possibly, maybe I create a comedy album, which is just love songs about food. And Corner Piece can become one of the one of the hits. You know, again, that's acoustic. I haven't even put a fucking beat to it. So, let's get into this. Um, I got a cold brew coffee, a little bit of half and half. Got all my pull-up sets done today in week four. At the time of recording, I'm on week four of the eight-week pull-up specialization program. It's going fantastic. Mm. Did some uh, off week, so I just did uh, this morning. My, I did some massage, particularly around my biceps, my forearms, my lats, my traps, my neck. And I was using Man Baby CBD salve. Train like a man, heal like a baby with those cells. The CBD has a deep anti-inflammatory effect, especially as I really dig into those muscles that are, you know, going to be more sore and tender because of all the use in the pull-up program. But also, um, you know, you you actually create some inflammation with good massage. You know, applying the right amount and really digging, especially with the fingers, which is the only thing you can with the fingers. You can use all the massage devices you want. You know, the best massages will always be from someone with strong hands. Okay, and uh, I've been enjoying that. Helps a lot with recovery. Relaxes, particularly my neck, shoulder muscles, uh, which then allows me to get into some really good breathing work, which I did 20 minutes today. And I did, uh, man, I'm so proud of my, I'm proud of myself, man. I, I could not breathe. I really couldn't breathe. I didn't realize so many problems that I had in my life inside and outside of the gym anxiety, um, just terrible breathing mechanics, always feeling wasted at the end of my workouts because I was suffocating and not properly breathing, not letting my breath power my workouts, really just uh, my breath was chasing the workouts, you know, Um, I was always in deep water, so to speak. And so relaxing those muscles, doing that massage, then I kind of set, I set a whole scene with it. Like today, I wanted to feel like I was, you know, in a cold woods at night by a fire pit. And so I had a kind of a fire pit soundscape going. I had a candle lit close enough so that with my eyes closed, it felt like I was next to a fire and the room was cool because I wanted that cool feel. Had the fan going and I just, my man cave in particular, just it's positioned uh, right under a big oak tree 
And uh, so this is the coolest part of the house. And uh, I did 10 seconds in through one nostril, a 30-second hold of breath. And then slow as possible against the maximum resistance that I have in this breather fit breathing device. Uh, so, I mean, slow out. Slow. I mean, you know, in total, it, it you know, I'm, I'm now doing, and I do that for 20 minutes, by the way with that technique. And I'll do, I've been doing like, uh, two reps, in my left nostril, one rep on my right and that fashion. And then I'll do six breaths without the resistance or, and through, you know, through both nostrils and without the res resistance through the mouth. And, uh, just, I'll be taking it. It's kind of a contrast effect. I, I do it resisted with very deliberate elongated tempos. And then I, uh, you know, do some kind of power breathing, inhale, exhaling, and uh, just w w without resistance. So I can really, every time I do it, I just feel my lungs open up and stretch more and keeping the breathing all down towards the belly and hips, diaphragmatic. And then I just have been slowly turning off all the tension in my face, my neck. It's incredible. And really, that's that's really the key to breathing is that what I found. My wife said it last week to me and kind of a, really, it was a great cue that, you know, it's learning to handle that that steady build of pressure when you're holding your breath, and if you are tensing your your face muscles and your neck muscles, you're you're, you're giving. It's basically like uh, the walls are closing in on the pressure, so it feels like you're about to explode. But think about it as you're relaxing your face and neck. You're basically just opening up those walls. You're you're making the room bigger, so more pressure can fill and everything can relax. And then the hardest part too is then staying relaxed and then exhaling slow and smooth out against maximum resistance. And uh, I've been pushing those and I, I don't just push them out slow and smooth and steady, but I empty out my, I mean, basically like I push out, it's not a cough, but I get all the air out at the end. There's such a difference if you can hang in there all the way through. But anyway, 20 minutes of that and mentally I'm there at this fire pit and uh, I'm really mind muscle connecting to, you know, my diaphragm, all my breathing muscles, and God, is that is that incredible? And then I go into my shin box work, which I continue with that twenty minutes of that, just unlocking basically, you know, as I'm, you know, balls deep into this focus. I, mean, I have what I call the office man cave, but basically, it's just like a den for me to just develop everything I'm doing in my life that I share and everything else. And I mean, I just spent. I'm getting back to that point now where. I'm just spending hours at a time working on this, and it's a good flow too. Again, I'm just trying to share with you some. We're gonna get into the cheat meal tips, but you know, uh, I'll bring all this stuff to you once I am ready to put it into a program system. I do already have an eight-week eight breathing program at thedailybj.com. You really should check that out. It's a great starter program. I started with that at the beginning of the year, and now I'm progressing to like this advanced breathing uh, that I could never have thought was possible, and I, I'm doing it so relaxed versus panic. You know, and the panic applies to everything. You know, if your breathing is not right, it puts you in a constant state of anxiety. If we're talking about performance, it gives you performance anxiety. So practicing the breathing and, and, and your pull-up, many of you said, like, I can't believe how much better my pull-ups are just by focusing on my breathing. And really what happens is it allows you to, your breath gives you a single focus. It, it allows you to get all the distractions possible away from whatever you're working on. Uh, and the 20 minutes of the shin box work, I'm just doing a lot of the stuff we did in October, doing some uh, shin box presses, some shin box squats, uh, a variety of things that I do kind of kind of flow. And I'm, I'm excited to share this stuff with you too. Some shoulder openers I haven't really shared with you yet, but um, I'm just milking that position and getting very comfortable in it, learning how to properly settle and set the pelvis, the hips. And uh, then I, I do, I have my shake, my midday shake, shake of the day. and Today was a cherry berry chocolate, chocolate cherry berry. And I go for a, my midday walk. And I like to follow the shin box work with the midday walk because I basically set the pelvis and then I want to re-educate my body and its gait and locomotion to keep that position. So, and listening to music and thinking and brainstorming, uh, getting ready for this podcast. So, you know, I just wanted to share stuff I've been working on. Um, you know, I, I use the off weeks to really dig deeper and, and basically I, I make my mobility, breathing, singing and, and other stuff that um, is important to me. 
I intensify that. I spend more time on it because I'm not training hard this week. You know, I continue to practice the pull. The pull-ups are not, they're not easy, but um, you know, they're not, there's no failure. We're avoiding failure. We're managing fatigue and it's just perfect technique and practice. And every set of pull-ups is very meditative because it's driven through breathing. So I'm feeling my shoulders open. So it's just funny too. Um, after I set my hips in the shin box for 20 minutes, I go into doing, uh, before the walk, I'll just do one of the sets of pull-ups and then I'll walk, come back to another set of pull-ups. And just because I set the pelvis and everything's loose, loose and relaxed, I mean, the shoulders by the time, like the shoulders are, my shoulders are so open, uh, by, by afternoon, by, you know, early mid afternoon, just everything is so wide open from all the stuff I was doing earlier in the day. Um, and you could say, well, BJ, I have, I, I have a life. <laughs> I know you do. Congratulations. You know, that's again, that's why I'm the metabolic Messiah. I've created a life. I just saw some, one of my friends share with me, you know, everybody knows LeBron like dropped 1.5 million on his body and recovery last year. And they're like, Russell Wilson spends a million on his on recovery and everybody's like so blown away. And it's like, what, what why are you surprised? Why, if you could, why wouldn't you spend a million dollars on your body? The best investment is self-investment if you believe in yourself, especially if you're a, an athlete. I mean, I only have the luxury of, you know, they, they have like uh, their own massage therapist, personal trainer, physical therapist, multiple chefs um, that travel or on site. And it's like, well, yeah, I have the luxury of only, you know, being able to feed, massage and train myself. But that's that's a luxury. Not many people can do that. Now it's I've dedicated my life to it. And, and what I try to do is I share it. Uh, so you can become your own self-coach. That's really what I'm trying to do here. I try to become, um, you know, I'm trying to lead you to become your own self-coach because I know you can't, you don't can't spend all the time doing this stuff and dedicating your life to it like I do. So I'm just bringing best practices to you. So I hope you take it that way versus like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy without kids and he's got a fake job. He has all the time in the world to do this stuff. He can walk three times a day. I know what some people say. We get the emails. <laughs> But, you know, I'm not trying to shove it in your face. I'm trying to share um, this stuff with you. And a lot of things that I'm not good at, especially at the beginning of the year, I just started learning new things. I, I have more catch up. I've got to spend more time on it. So it does require a bit of an obsession, you know. So I've been spending a lot of time and I'll bring it to you. And I've got a lot of cool stuff coming that I think is really going to benefit you. So stay tuned for that. And uh, let's get into this fucking podcast 10 lessons from 20 years of cheat meals let me take one additional sip of cold brew coffee here number one protein and produce is still a priority it's an obvious statement but it's one worth repeating you don't abandon your weekday diet you're just adding in the extras you've been craving all week and starting with the big S salad is always a smart move. You're not going to just like have just straight carbs or just a bucket of lard, right? You want a balanced meal of protein, fat, and carbohydrate. Now you're going to have more fat and more carbohydrate than you would at a normal meal. You might even have more protein. And again, one thing I, you know, I, I try to be cognizant of if I'm trying to be leaner or I've been, you know, my muscles really need more recovery. And there's research that claims this doesn't help. And uh, so I, I just say that just so you know, this is I, I, what I'm saying might be bro science. But for me, I respond very well to occasionally like having three to 400 grams of protein. <laughs> All right. Like, I think I had a whole chicken the other day, um, you know, and it was the end of the week. And it ends up being a cleaner cheat for me because, you know, again, I, I just don't deal with as much of a swing as I would if it was uh you know, just super, super high carbohydrate. Um, I always do a little bit better with higher fat protein and, and you know, medium carb. But um, anyway, you know, I, I respond well to that. And it's a way to make sure you don't fill up on the other shit by getting a lot of quality protein. But I do like starting with that big ass salad. Just to make sure you get some greens in in particular, but get some food volume and get some nutrition. It's going to just make it so you don't you're less likely to overeat. You're more likely to pace yourself and you're, you get some quality nutrition. It's just a reminder that, you know, though this is a reward, it's not a, it's not a complete deviation from what got you here um, from this week and from all the work you've done up until that point. It's still a priority. 
You want to get, you know, minimum, if you're a larger person, about 30 to 40 grams of protein. Uh, but feel free to get more. You know, I, I sometimes a cheat meal for me is a, is a 24-ounce porterhouse. You know, depending on time of year, what I'm feeling, what I'm craving, I listen to my body a lot, what it, what, what it didn't get enough of during the week. So, again, don't just feel the need to make it 20 pancakes when it could be, you know, a stack of three to five pancakes, you know, and steak, eggs, and, and toast, and, and hash browns, right? You understand what I'm saying? And, and then, you know, maybe some a side of sliced tomatoes. You have a, a cup of fruit. And that, that becomes an amazing cheat meal that basically has all the stuff you, I mean, if you take away the, the toast, the hash browns, the pancakes, technically the potatoes could have been there based on how you make them. You know, you, you fry those in the pan and avocado oil, a little bit of butter, salt, you know, and, and the right portion, you know, about a fist, that's going to be a good amount for most people. Berries, eggs, uh, steak. I mean, that's, but then now you're adding pancakes and maybe some toast. So again, we're just adding some extras around the foundation of the plan. That's critical to understand. And it's always good to start with a salad and make it big. Number two, make it a meal, not a full day in parentheses, or weekends. Full weekends, man, those are, well, let me let me give the description to this first, and I'll talk about some, some addendums to the constitution of cheat meals, okay? Unless you're a 200-plus pound meathead in college, you can kiss cheat weekends goodbye, at least on a regular basis. Even a full day is pushing it for most metabolisms. I first, I personally found a four to six hour period of flexible eating to be the sweet spot. Four to six hours is perfect. Now I have to stress what that means. Four to six hours is basically, you know, um, it's an initial feeding, but then I, I realize I got more time, so I don't have to stuff myself. So I take a little break and I come back. You know what I'm saying? It's, it becomes more of a, a fun relay race versus, you know, an all out sprint to, to stuff yourself. And then you only have an hour or two and then it's done. And then the whole night's ahead of you and you're probably still going to be hungry or whatever. So I like a period of time and uh, I find great success with that. Being able to spread things out, enjoy it, take my time with it, you know, uh, be able to move to multiple rooms <laughs> to enjoy it. You know, maybe start in the kitchen, move to the backyard, finish in the living room. You know, so, you know, you want to make it last. And that's a great period of time to work with. So I, I consider it a meal with, with, the, with the period of time with, in which I can operate. I mean, it's multiple feedings. It's really one meal. The body kind of feels it as one meal, especially if you listen to the other things I talk about coming up next. Full day, you know, the, the exceptions to full day, maybe weekend. Weekend, maybe for those three-day weekends, those special three-day weekends, like Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day. You know, I'm recording this um, early November which is, uh, this is, you know, we're, we're entering that holiday season now. It's not going to be the same type of holiday season. Surely it would have been in past years with the, the COVID pandemic, you know, in 2020. But you know, we're still moving to the holiday season. You're going to have more food and treats and such. So there might be a few of these weekends where you say, I'm going to make a three or four day weekend out of it based on how the holidays line up, you know, with, with whatever you celebrate, whatever you are, whatever is important to you, you know, a couple times a year, that's not a big deal but you understand it to be attached to a holiday, right? This is not a regular occurrence unless you're trying to become a, a real fucking heavyweight. Weekends just can't happen on a regular basis. Full days are just tough. And, you know, the exception could be if you're trying to more of a masking phase, you know, personally for myself right now in the last quarter of the year, uh, it's kind of an off season for me. Um, I, well, I, it hasn't been in the past, but I, I want to make it that way in the sense of I, I'm I'm I, I've even I'm actually turning up my dedication to my own training and, and work, if you will. But I'm no I'm off social media and I'm not marketing right now beyond our weekly show, the podcast newsletter. Uh, make sure to go to bjgador.com and sign up for my free newsletter. That's where I'm communicating with people right now. Um, besides members of the dailybeach.com and comments and such form. So, um, you know. I am kind of approaching it where I give myself like my four to six hour cheat period on Friday night. And then Saturday night, I have another period of that. Maybe not four to six hours, but maybe it is depending on how I'm feeling, but it's just not as, not as, um, 
not as flexible as the night before, but I'm, some other treats still might work themselves in. So, you know, just overall, that'll bump up my, my weekly calories and that ends up bumping up my average daily calories. And it's right now so far, based on how I'm looking, feeling it's been just enough to kind of really help drive the recovery from the pull-up program. I'm seeing some really significant um, gains in my biceps, my lats, the spread of my shoulders. Um, so it's been great stuff. And uh, I'm more motivated to kind of do stuff now because I got a little more calories and it's a great way to end the year for me personally. Again, I'm not saying you do exactly what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know that, you know, when there are exceptions to this rule, if we're talking, you know, summer shred season or whatever shred season, trying to be really lean, warmer times of year, it's going to just be a meal and it's going to be that four to six hour period. And I won't have, definitely won't be a full day or a weekend. So, you know, you just don't have, you have to have some reasonable expectations with how this is all going to work. Quick drink of cold brew. Number three, a start time of 4 p.m. or later is key. And again, all these guidelines, rules, lessons, they are 80, 90% of the time. There's going to be, there might be some times where you have a, a wedding that's during the day. All right. So you can, it's, it's noon or it's, maybe it's a brunch or breakfast. There are exceptions to the rule, but I want you to pay attention to how you feel on those days and what happens the rest of that day. If you start shitty, you will end shittier. All right, your, your blood sugar goes crazy in the morning. It's going to go crazy the rest of the day, and your, your cravings will be out of control. Your energy levels will be all over the place. You're, you're, you're just going to, you're going to have a rough day. So, I believe the early you early you sorry the earlier you start, the worse the outcome. You also won't get anything done during the day. So, from a productivity standpoint, you know if I started my festivities, I used to I would start like right away Friday morning, and then the day shot. I'm not doing shit. I, when I remember in Pennsylvania, I was doing five guys and fries like right away and uh, just didn't do anything the rest of the day. And sometimes that's fun to do, to just like to take off Friday or make it a half day. But, you know, especially now during the pandemic, there's really nowhere to go. So I at least want to get as much done as I can and really earn my cheat meal. And 4 p.m. is just it's a great uh, it's a great time to try to at least get to because then my four to six hour period puts me, you know, I finish eating between 8 and 10 p.m which gives me just enough time to digest uh, before I would go to you know bed around midnight and uh, get a really quality sleep because you know food really helps you kind of get into a rest, recover, digest mode. So it all kind of, I mean, I have some of my best sleeps and it just works out really well. It's always better to be a slob in the evening. Don't you agree? I mean, <laughs> these are just the things that, you know, I was joking with my little brother too. And, and I tell, I've, I've mentioned this before in the past about, you know, Tuesday being Tuesday to me is what Sunday is to Christians, what Saturday is to Jews and what Fridays are to Muslims, the holy day. Tuesday is a holy day for nutrition. Unless it is like, it's, you're getting married on a Tuesday. You got, a major promotion or major career achievement, maybe it's your birthday. You know, maybe you won a championship, okay? And it fell on a Tuesday. Those are exceptions. But if you, if not, if something magical hasn't happened on that Tuesday and you're going to make it a cheat meal or a cheat day, I don't think this is going to work out for you long-term. I just, I believe Tuesday is a holy day when it comes to diet. Because the reality is if you can get, if you can get past Tuesday, You'll get to the weekend. You will. You'll get to the weekend. Because Wednesday, once once you get to Wednesday, it's hump day. You'll get through it. Thursday is just, well, the weekend's almost there. There's psychology to this. You got to get through Tuesday. Tuesday at noon, the best time of the week for me because I know that I'm now closer to this Friday than last Friday. So there is psychology behind this. And um, the only, there's another exception to this rule. If I have one week left to live, then I will have a cheat meal on a Tuesday. I will. And my deathbed will be, uh, all my favorite foods will surround me <laughs> as I leave this world. All right? Everything gets thrown out the door. If I have a week left to live, did you did you cure a disease? Tuesday's a good day for a cheat meal in that case, especially if you cured it on a Tuesday. But not on a continuing basis. So shoot for later start times. It, it does just, it, you're less likely to, to overfill the tank. 
the later you start in the day. That's also important. Let me get one more in here before we take a quick break. Four, bookend cheat meals with intensive training. Depleting your body's stored nutrients makes your muscles sponges for those eats and treats. The extra calories and carbohydrates can also be an X factor for growth and recovery. And there's certainly potential for an epic high energy training session the next day. Eight out of 10 times, I stick to this rule. There are some times that I just, you know, I just want to have my cheat meal and be relaxed and not have to do a hard fucking workout. Again, I have been doing this a very long time. So I, there's liberties I take because I know how to recalibrate and, and how everything else affects the whole ecosystem that is my body. All right. But for most people, you want to make sure some training follows it. And, and from the standpoint of doing a, 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 a good training session first, that you know, depletes muscle, muscle glycogen. And just so you know, the, you know, 30 to 60 second work periods tend to really, you know, that's when your muscles start to burn from exercise at acidosis. And that's because you're metabolizing carbohydrate or glycogen, the stored carbohydrate in your muscles that releases all this, all these hydrogen ions and, and it creates that burning sensation. So that means you're actually doing that, making room. You're, you're trying to dry out the sponge. So you're, your body is, is a dry sponge, which so just soaks those muscles, soak up the extra nutrients. So there is that standpoint, this swing in the cellular swelling that happens, especially when you add some water, to, you know, you're going to be heavier, heaviest the next day because of the extra added salt and carbohydrate is going to hold water in the body, but it also stretches the muscles. And uh, there's some, there's some thought or theory that can help, actually help with muscle growth itself, regardless um it is going to happen. So just something to understand with that. But uh, you'll also enjoy the meal a lot more. On the days that I don't do really hard training, I always do my walk and I always do my mobility and breathing and stuff. But, you know, I don't eat as much, but I also don't enjoy the meal as much because there's just this something magical happens when you go from depleted to full. You know what I'm saying? Your cells just crave it. They soak it up. I just believe you get better nutrient utilization and uh, you enjoy the meal more. You know, I, try this. Go, go, go for brunch on Sunday. Just wake up and go to brunch. The next day, go for a three-mile hike, ideally with some hills, or a ninety to to, to a hundred twenty-minute hike, ideally with some heat. Get a good sweat, and then you tell me, and then have brunch, and you tell me how much better that fucking brunch was. Now, don't offset all the benefits of the brunch by making you going crazy unless it's your cheat meal for that week. But um, this is this is something that we know to be true. It just it's your body will enjoy it more if you physically earned it and it's physically calling for those nutrients. So I think that's pretty important. And let's take a quick break. I'll be back with uh, five through ten to finish off this episode. All right, we're back for part two. Number five, eat light the day of the main event. If you want to go high, you need to go low. It's all about factoring in caloric balance over the course of each week. I typically will just have a protein shake or essential amino acids midday on cheat days. You know, again, it comes back to the whole thing of just emptying the system out and making room for what's to come later. And and lately I've been getting so much done on Fridays now before the cheat meal, kind of finishing off the week strong that, um, again, when I want to do a lot of quality work and I want a lot of focus, I tend to be more in a fasted state. You know, water, coffee, I'll have my midday shake, or if I'm trying to keep things lighter, lower calorie, I'll just have essential amino acids and greens powder with water. And again, this is what I do. I'm not trying to con convert you to the exact way I do things. Again, I share it works with me so you can become your own coach and find ways to make it work for you. But that tends to be really key just to make sure, again, you know, even if I have 5,000 calories to end the day, especially if I trained hard that day, you know, um, most of my, in an hour of exercise, I'll, 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 I'll tank 1,000 calories. And then there's some extra metabolic burn or afterburn in the recovery process. Who knows how much that actually is? 
but it's it's in a significant amount. I do my three walks. So even if I had, you know, five to 6,000 calories in a four to six hour period, uh, you know, just at rest, I'm going to burn probably 2,500 calories in my, you know, my resting metabolic rate. You add that 1,000, you know, calorie workout, you add, you know, sometimes an additional 1,000 calories of movement over the course of the day. You know, and, and then it's like, oh, I, mean, I might be in, in still a surplus, but it's not that much, especially since just one day. And then considering that I was in a deficit during all the previous days up until this point, or at least at maintenance based on what time of year I'm working with. So I think that's nice heat light day of the main event. Um, the exceptions to the rule are if I, if I have a special training session coming up or I, I have an intense session that I want to do. And uh, I'm already like super depleted. Like I was already feeling it like on Thursday and it's Friday afternoon. I just, my energy is low and I know it's going to affect my training session. I might have, you know, um, something, I might get something additional in there. Maybe it's um, a couple glasses of uh, chocolate milk. God, the Strauss uh, organic whole chocolate milk is a game changer. One cup has 16 grams of protein. So two cups of that. It gives me 30 plus grams of protein. And uh, I think typically chocolate milk has a two to one carb to protein ratio. So it's actually, it's it's good. Um, it's actually a good mix of protein, fat, and carbohydrate, especially around a training session. Usually people say, don't you know, go low fat, um, you know, around your workout. Um, and this is whole, you know, it's a whole milk. So you could go low fat, but again, I, I like the unrefined milks the best. And you know, fat's also a good energy source for lower intensities, and it gives me a little more of a sustained energy source, too. There's just been a rush of energy. The fat slows digestion down just enough. And again, it's liquid. Even if it has some fat in it, liquid's going to digest faster than solid. But uh, that, that's an example of where, you know, uh, I feel like I need something extra. So don't let it, you know, if, if, you, if you're going to have a, uh, a suboptimal training session in the afternoon because you're trying to fast up until that point, you know, that's when I would consider, especially since it is technically a cheat day, you know, you can slip something in like that. But I think going light is really key on the day of the main event. Number six, fast the next day until dinner if possible. It can take 24 hours to digest cheat meals. So drink a lot of water, get a good sweat the next day, clear out the system. Protein is fine, but keep the fat and carbs very low during daytime for best results. And definitely don't eat eat again until you're hungry. Now, I used to make this mistake because, again, you're told this was like way early on, like a couple years into this where, you know, you have to eat six times a day and um, breakfast is the most important in the meal and you got to eat right away out of bed. And I would have a disgusting cheat meal and then, you know, force myself to eat in the morning when my body was still probably digesting, not so probably, definitely digesting <laughs> the, the night before it just fucks up your digestion and you feel awful. So, you know, um, and again, I, I should add this disclaimer to it. You know, I'm not trying to get people to eat the way I do. I think many of you might misconstrue it. You know, you share this information, but works for you and you expect me to do things. No, I, I, I understand that to many people, this style of eating, it's, it's definitely an extreme thing. Um, you know, it, it is, it's controlled binge eating, so to speak. I, I don't, you know, uh, vomit or purge or anything like that. But I do take in, if someone not used to this style of eating saw this, that they would be maybe disgusted. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, again, I'm not, I'm not glorifying it. I'm, this is how I have found happiness as um, a fat piece of shit that still wants to enjoy food. And, and for me to enjoy food, I, I need large amounts in uh, short periods of time. That's just me. So I'm not saying you have to do it this way. And to many, this might seem like a disordered way to eat, but everybody has their own eating personality. So I'm just sharing lessons that I've learned and um, surely uh, more sensible approaches make more sense for most people. But this is what I do. So I do like the fast for the next day. It's actually one of the easiest fasts you'll do because your body is full. Like, you know, you, you really... You just want to drink a ton of water and sweat. Get a good sweat in um, and, you know, try to 
stay stay busy enough, right? If you're going to just sit around and watch TV all day Saturday, that, that makes that fast a little bit harder. But get out, take a walk. You know, get in, get in some water, get in some water. I love a good hot tub, a little bit of pool action the next day after uh, one of these. And, uh, you know, work on some some hobbies, some passions, some interest, play with your kids, make a day trip. You know, again, you just, the, the time will fly. And then, you know, usually I try to get to about 3 or 4 p.m. at a minimum the next day before I take solids in. You know, I might have, uh, I'll typically will have around, you know, noon. I'll still have my, you know, essential amino acids and some greens powder, but I don't think it's necessary. I just, I, I like to make sure that I get some additional stuff in. Um, but you could, you could just make it water, coffee and, or tea and just go all the way and not a big deal. I think that helps a ton. Um, again, it just helps you kind of reset the system, clear it out and helps you get back on track. So very important one. Number seven, make cleaner choices whenever possible. So I'm going to give you an example and then I'm going to give an example of where I would, I used to recommend something and I don't anymore. Don't be a fat slob just because you can. For example, I eat chips made with avocado oil instead of inflammatory vegetable seed oils. That's, a, you know, even though my favorite chips were before the, uh, I forgot the name of the brand, actually, Crinkle Cut, whatever it was, but I don't recommend it anymore because they, um, they do have one version made with avocado oil. And again, if I'm eating the whole bag of chips, <laughs> that's a lot of inflammatory oils. So... The calories might end up being the same, but the short and long-term health consequences are different. You know, avocado oil is a very heart-healthy oil. It's good for high-heat cooking, which they cook the chips in. And even if the calories are the same, I feel better. I do feel better the next day, but I feel better and, and less guilty about having a whole bag of chips when they're made with better oils, healthier oils. Now, in the past, I said to you guys, you know, check out Halo Top creamery, ice cream, or eat enlightened, whatever it is. And there was a time where I would enjoy that, you know, have a whole pint, which, you know, still is like three or 400 calories. But I realized, wait, yeah, so make cleaner choices when you can. But when you try like regular good ice cream, like Talenti brand or Haagen-Dazs brand, and especially vanilla Haagen-Dazs, it's like six ingredients, milk, uh, milk cream, sugar, egg, vanilla, I mean, it's just like it's it's if you look at the number of ingredients in Halo Top or Eden Lighting, it's like it looks like a chemical experiment. It is. And it's not real ice cream. It doesn't taste like real ice cream. I know. I know some of you look, I've been there where I, I would I convinced myself it was like regular ice cream, but it's not. Like the avocado avocado oil is actually a better tasting oil than sunflower oil. All right. And it, but they're still using chips. It's still using a potato to make the chip. But. This is not real ice cream. It doesn't, like, it takes 30 minutes to melt out of the freezer. It, it's not real. So you have to balance off making cleaner choices versus, you know, oh, this isn't worth it because I might be able to have more total of this, but I'd rather get 400 calories from good good tasting ice cream than a pint of just this fucking fake ass ice cream. It's, it's fake ice cream. It's not real. You know, come on, you know I'm right. You know I'm right. I think ice cream is one of those things you don't you don't want to fuck with. And uh, this is coming from someone who used to try to convince himself and obviously share it with others that. But look, if you if you like Halo Top and Enlightened, go ahead. But uh, I'm just telling you right now, it's not real ice cream and it's not worth it in my opinion. I, I guess if you're having it daily, but like I would say, just just pick a a natural ice cream and eat a little bit less of it. You could say, well, I need more of it, but. Why have more of something that is not as tasty? Because really, if, if it was, if it just tasted good enough, you wouldn't need as much of it. Okay? So that's what I say to that. But yeah, make some cleaner choices when you can. There's, there's no reason. I mean, if, if you're not, if there's no true unique benefit, there's no reason just to throw it in because you can. You know, all, the, all those smaller, all those, you know, good substitutes, smart substitutes, over the course of weeks, months, years, that makes a big difference. Number eight, limit liquid calories. It's a great rule during the week that holds up for cheat, cheat meals as well. Fill up with food for more lasting and satisfying experience if liquids are that important to you. 
you need to cut back a bit on the solid side of things to balance it out. But, you know, again, I, this is this has always been really important to me because, again, I've mentioned this many times. But when I was my most overweight, you know, pushing 275 plus in, in high school and I reached that weight again in college my senior year. But that was a different, you know, four years later, um, that was a different composition. Just I was bigger, more muscular, but still still, you know, carrying a good amount of body fat. You know, liquid calories were something that I just I, I, I guess abuse is the right word because I, I would I would drink things like milk and juice like water like you were supposed to water, and when I initially lost the weight in high school, the two big changes I made were I I got I stopped drinking liquid calories altogether, cold turkey, and then I stopped eating bread, and I lost fifty pounds from that. Now again, that's a teenager metabolism with activity and also you know natural heavyweight. So big changes can happen with those types of things, but it's all relative. So for for a decade plus, I, I actually until last year or so, I, I I held true to that. No liquid calories like ever. But there's some things I just I, I've started to work back in, and I can now I'm now at a point where I can I can have just one glass of fresh squeezed orange juice. Pulpy as fuck. How pulpy can we make it? I challenge orange juice producers to come up with an almost offensively pulpy orange juice. And I will drink it. I love the pulp. Oof. And God, whole chocolate, like whole fresh ass chocolate milk. Very satisfying. You know, I might even on a cheat day, I, I, I still, if I had a shake of a day, if I want a little more calorie that day, I might even go with, uh, you know, chocolate milk instead of almond milk, right? I might, I may just go with more luxury and better, more decadent ingredients in my shake of the day. See, that's staying true to the foundation, but giving yourself a little wiggle room. Maybe I would throw some ice cream in that shake if I wanted to. But, you know, in general, you want to limit those liquid calories. So if you're someone that can have a glass or two and not, like, make it the full bottle, then that's fine. Okay? So, again, there are exceptions to the rules, and... Obviously, on the alcohol side of things, I don't drink, um, but plenty of weed in this house. Make no mistake. And I should mention that, too. On cheat days where I don't want to go too crazy, I'll go with more sativa than indica in terms of the strain of cannabis. Indica, man, <laughs> if I work out, it's been it's been a long week of training work, and I've been really, you know, solid in the, in the diet exercise. It means I'm in a deficit. And... Then I do the final workout and then I have indica. So basically that's the one thing people say edibles are inconsistent. They're inconsistent for people because people have them with other food or they have them in a state of being fed or full. But I take most of the edibles I take uh, in a fasted state. So they, they get absorbed quick and I get the effect I'm looking for. But, um, you know, indica after workout <laughs> – fasted state, man, I, I have an unlimited appetite. I am, I am a bottomless pit. So sativa would, would be somewhere, even, even a mixed blender or a hybrid would, I'd be less likely to overdo it. But I, even now I'm getting better at not totally losing control with it. So that's just something to mention, but in general, watch your liquid calories. If you're a heavy drinker, you know, that's a tough, it's tough. I, I don't want to, I'm not here to give you advice on alcohol. I've never, I've never used it. So I just want to kind of keep it at that. I know that it is just something that can be very tough to control even, you know, one or two drinks. If you're able to do that, great. If not, that means it probably is a, a problematic for you. So, so try, try to get what you can through food. It's more satisfying. And um, I'll leave it at that. Two more left here. Number nine, make it count. If you've earned this cheat meal from your hard work during the week, both inside and outside of the gym, then there's nothing to be guilty about. Okay? Too many cheat meals and too many years of doing this, I would have anxiety and guilt while I was doing it, and it was just offsetting the joy and the ecstasy from all the good food I was having because I couldn't allow... I was stressing about enjoying the food. But I've earned it. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be honest with yourself. Have an honest conversation with yourself. Have you earned what you're about to eat? And now I know I do, and I, there is no guilt. There is nothing but enjoyment 
And I know I can get back on track. It's just part of what I do now. I have a lot of confidence in my ability to, you know, immediately bounce back, get into the groove. But um, getting rid of the anxiety with 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 eating, period, but particularly in times of enjoyment, that's tough, especially for the former fatties out there. I know, I know how challenging this is. So it takes time. You have to remember that it's all about the process. So if you're putting in the work and you are doing your, your solid diet, whatever works for you during the week, and you're consistent with your training, and you got a lot, you were productive with your, your job and whatever else you had going on that week, it's time to enjoy yourself. Get rid of the anxiety. Just know you can get right back on track, okay? Make sure you properly reward yourself for a peak end of week experience. Again, I tied it. It all comes back to the fact that, again, I'm not saying you're like me, but if you are someone that derives great joy from, from food, there's no better time to enjoy it at the end of a long work week, right? It just, this is great. It's, it's, it's you've earned this. There's, you appreciate it. In, in many cases, it's been the motivation to get you to this point. So don't let anxiety steal it. You have to just really just allow yourself to enjoy it. Nothing's worse than waking up unsatisfied the next day with six days before your next one. Trust me, I've been there. That's why it's like you never want to try something new because fuck, you know, <laughs> there's so much on the line with these meals in some cases, which is why, by the way, um, during more flexible times of the year, I like doing uh, a good amount Friday night, a little more on Saturday night. So just in case we tried something new on Friday night and it didn't hit the way we needed to, I could still do a little makeup on Saturday and not totally feel like I, uh, this week was, was lost. All right. So that that's, again, taking some anxiety, taking some scarcity out of it, be more open-minded to find a good blend that works best for you. So, you know, make it count. Um, and again, that comes back to also like, you know, have some fucking Haagen-Dazs and Talenti. It's fake-ass ice creams. <sighs> Come on. I'm embarrassed that I recommended it in the past. Ten, get away with as much as you can for as long as you can. At 38, my cheat meals certainly aren't as ridiculous as they were when I started having them in college. We used to joke all the time. We'd call it Cheat Meal 2000, and the year was like 2001, 2002 when they started. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it was just something that we, we had in our dorm room, but God, man, we, we used to do food crawls. We go from like six different places, you know, the pizza shop, the burrito place, get some pasta, go to get some black moose, um, chocolate moose at, at the black sheep. This is all Amherst college at five college area in Amherst mass where I went to school. Um, so much good food there. Holy shit. I've not been back, but if I would go back, it would not be to see, the school or anything like that, it would be just go get some food. Um, but I doubt that'll ever happen. We'll see. But man, I went hard. I don't go as hard as I used to. I don't feel the need to go as hard as I used to. Um, I, I still have my moments where, you know, I can be pretty, pretty amazing at how much food I can consume. But, um, I've got a better relationship with food than I did then. You know, it, it, that's what I mean. Like in the sense that, um, I've coached myself to take what was definitely binge eating and, uh, you know, now, I, now it's not, it's, I mean, it's not the, the way that definitely not the way it used to be. And from my perspective, it's a very healthy approach because I compare it to what I used to do to some of you, again, it would just be like, how is he eating all this food? But again, you know, I am a natural heavyweight and, um, I'm very consistent with my, I'm, I'm a monk during the week. All right, like I'm a monk during the week with this shit. So, um, you know, again, it's it's people can pass judgment on it, but I think the results speak for themselves. And I have been doing this for now 20 years, and I get better at it every year. So um, eat me out. <laughs> so I still go as hard as I can, and uh, I'll keep doing so for as long as I can, knowing that the window flexibility closes with every revolution around the sun, I, I, I know it's going to, it's not going to be, I mean, 10 years from now, how much will I get away with? I don't know. But I think also 10 years from now, my hope is that as I continue to find a way to get better at cooking and um, better control of, of my urges and cravings with food, and I can probably get more enjoyment out of healthy meals than I had in the past. And I'll keep, you know, learning some tricks of the trade that will allow me to 
you know, stay in the game. But I do imagine that 10 years from now, the, the maybe the possibility of being able to do a little bit on Friday and Saturday goes away, and I can only do it on Friday night. And maybe 20 years from now, it means that it's a bi-weekly cheat meal. I don't know. You know, these are things I will explore when I get there, but I'm certainly not going to go to bi-weekly cheat meals <laughs> until I absolutely have to. You know, if I start getting sloppy as fuck, you know, then we got to talk about it. Hopefully by then, it doesn't matter. I can just become fucking Java the Hut like I've always dreamed of. But until then, you know, um, I've got to keep it tight. We're developing some key new items for SleevesoldSeparately.com. The Perfect Tea. I just got some new samples of the Perfect Tea, the Perfect T-shirt. It's looking good. Fucking skin tight fit, arms and shoulders. Oof. And then, you know, just relax enough at the waist. Beautiful shirt. We're going to be doing some print stuff on it, too. Um, eventually, once we get the, the main fit down, I've got the mic drop sleeveless hoodie. Just got another sample of that. It looks great. I think we're very close to a final product there. We've got masks. <laughs> I mean, look, I... I'm not going to be surprised if like we know this pandemic thing is going to go through 2022 and I would not be surprised if every year, this is just something that we have to look at doing, uh, you know? So we're going to, we were going to have some masks ready to go. And if I'm going to be wearing these fucking masks, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make it exotic. So we have the, Eye of a tiger mask and the zebra mask. So tiger print and zebra print. It looks great. There is uh, like this moldable plastic to your to the bridge of your nose. So for a perfect fit, it's very stretchy. It, it's wide face as well. So it covers a lot of the face and really comfortable ear straps that are adjustable. We're excited to get that out. That'll be coming soon. Other than that, I think those are some key updates. Um Get on my fucking newsletter, bjgador.com, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Make sure that you put it into your primary folder if you're using Gmail. And if you're in my app, if you're at thedailybj.com and you use the Daily BJ app, you've got to turn on push notifications. I sext you guys all the time. Private, private photos of my privates I send. No, I send motivational text updates, stuff like that. Um... You know, I, I want to keep you in the loop. We will, we will be having some major Black Friday sales. Major. Okay, so I want you to look out for those. Stay tuned for that. Very excited about the stuff we have coming up. And um, I'm really excited to share the stuff I've been working on when I can finally put it together in um, a programmable format. Because I know it's going to change the game for you. Because it, it's, it's unlocking um, some amazing things for me. I'm excited to share it with you. So hopefully this helped. This was a masterclass on cheat meals, by the way. Feel free to share it with friends and family. I know you won't, but I always have to mention that. And uh, have a great rest of your week. Love you guys. Peace.